Blog Talk Radio. point back once against this week and next week actually so buckle in for excitement i am stephen platinum and joining me as always is the hottest working man in the wrestling podcast business <laughs> larry goodman how are you doing tonight yes. larry i'm fine yes we do this show when the spirit moves us and sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't but it is going to move us for two weeks in a row well, so at least we, we didn't pack up and move to Canada like oh, a piece of shit impact. Oh, my God. I mean, between the paying people to act like excited fans and going to and filming in Ottawa, which is, I mean, the Canadian equivalent of, you know, ECW going. It's not really working out here in the tri-state area or in Florida. We're going to go to like Poughkeepsie and we're going to, we're just going to make a run there. I like, I, Oh, impact. Uh, I'm going to just put this question out there, Larry, real quick before we get into, by the way, great show. Yeah. Uh, AC Mac and Scott Hensley um, are both going to be on at different points um, to talk about different things. AC Mac, of course, um, just tearing it up in peach state amongst other places. And Scott Hensley is going to be here to talk about, I, I assume um, the uh, King of Trios tournament. Yes. One would hope. Yes. Yes. But, Impact, and again, I'm surprising Larry with all this. Larry very diligently puts out a list of topics that we can talk about, and then I often call in early, and then he and I discuss which ones we're going to want to pursue. And then, of course, I go completely left and bring up something that we completely (laughs) weren't expecting to talk about. But (laughs) yeah, but actually, I had had this one, and I just didn't put it on my list because one just one thing I wanted to say to me: Did that show? Did the audio sound funny to you? I don't mm-hmm. know. If I, thought, if, if I thought, was there something wrong with my TV? It sounded weird. Mm. I think they need to close caption it for Americans <laughs> is what happened. Because once it started transmitting from Canada, I, you know, I'm, here's the, here's the question that I'm going to pose that doesn't even really require an answer. We've always been under the premise of it's better to have more companies. It's better to have, why would anybody want, some place to end that provides the guy's work. Um, I'll tell you why, because it is doomed for failure and it is diminishing returns. And just because it's a place where some guys collect a check, arguably very paltry ones from the sounds of it, doesn't mean that it's worth keeping in business. Is it worse to have something that is inevitably going to fail? than something that exists merely because people don't want to look stupid. They've, they've, it's misery loves company. This thing's always lost money. It continues to lose money. It's losing money for Anthem now. So it needs to exist. Why? I mean, I don't know whether to be more depressed about impact or the fact that people are actually thinking the Billy Corgan NWA is going to be something. <laughs> but then again, I could just be old jaded guy over here. You mean you didn't, you're not one of the 38,000 people who's watched that video of that title match from uh, championship wrestling Hollywood with Tim storm. 38,000 people watch that thing. That's supposedly the number of views on the YouTube. Wow, 38, Tim storm and match. David Marquez have a lot of relatives. That's all yeah. I got to say. <laughs> so, but, Larry, uh, please, the stuff that you impact, wanted to talk about. Sort of ir- yes, it's, it's To me, it's just kind of irrelevant at this point, unfortunately. 
I mean, yeah, they can't run house. The they ratings can't run anybody to house shows. No. They're at about a little over 100,000 viewers, which yeah. is what Lucha Underground is at. Without the kind of – I mean, Lucha Underground is beloved. Impact is sort of tolerated mm. <laughs> at this stage of the game. Not that there's not good people there, blah, 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 so on and so forth. But, again, forest trees, if nobody's watching it, does it really matter? And yeah. I think with Impact, the answer is increasingly no. So, but Larry, you had a number of things you wanted to talk about that were all well, awesome. Well, yeah, and I know we wanted to tell, get get, get uh, your take on the uh, Flair documentary as well. But before we do that, we do have some breaking news here uh, overnight that NXT is coming to Atlanta for a series of three tapings at Center Stage. The first of which will be on January the fourth, and then coming back on a Thursday and Friday, February the first and February the second. So I guess folks have discovered this is a really good place to make TV. It looks good there. And then Ring of Honors uh, had already announced they were coming on February 10, but that will not be a TV taping, thank God, so it won't be a marathon. They're going to tape the night before in Concord. So that'll just be a house show. But still, yeah, NXT for three nights at center stage. That should be uh, pretty interesting. Just pissing um, in the w, or pissing in Ring of Honor's ear. It's um, yeah, time they get a chance. Yes, and um, you know NXT, though it uh, is it. Am I exaggerating to say that it it's not the same? It doesn't have the same kind of oomph that it once had. But maybe in Atlanta it will. Does that make sense? That like even though it's lost a little of its luster, I don't think the idea of NXT in Atlanta has lost its luster. No, and people are going to turn out in droves. I think, no doubt. Yeah, very enthusiastic crowd too. Well, I mean, they packed it out when they ran before when it wasn't TV, and I'm sure they they certainly will again this time. I mean, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor packs it out, so I'm sure NXT will have no problem uh, doing that. Uh, Another little uh, tidbit of uh, local news: AWE. Uh, ran at Opera Nightclub last night. And you might ask why, and people have asked me, why would AWE run on a Monday night opposite Raw uh, at the Opera, you know, just a few miles away at the Opera Nightclub? Well, the answer is, and, they, and a free show, free show. Mm-hmm. answer is that this is part of a reality series that for VH1 that uh, is in the works here. And uh, it's a spinoff on the love and hip hop in Atlanta, and that's why uh, right. the, that's why record producer Stevie J was there. And they are do there is some sort of a, a reality series cooking, and that's why this was a free show at the Opera on a Monday night. I do um, think it's ironic that like you know love and hip hop um, always scores better in the ideal demographic than Raw does on that Monday night. I was interesting. <laughs> so that's not lost upon me. Did you go to the AWE show? I did not. I'm going to go uh, hopefully this to this one this Sunday, but I could not make it on a Monday night. I I was signed up and I just did not get there unfortunately. I do know, however, that in the big uh, much ballyhooed return match, Murder One versus Sabu, Murder tapped out to a camel clutch with a chair. Oh um, boy. Yeah. yeah. The other uh, big news was Chip Day won the Shorty Low Battle Royal, so he will get the title shot uh, versus Martin Stone next Sunday at the Lucky 7 show. And the other thing is that the Lucky 7 show has been moved from the Marriott Event Center to Opera Nightclub. So do not go to Marietta next Sunday looking for AWE. They're going to be back at Opera Nightclub Sunday at 4.05. Um, which is, you know, a much better looking ben- venue than the Marriott. The Marriott Event Center is okay, but it doesn't have the production values by, by any stretch of Opera Nightclub. So they're going to go down to Opera Nightclub. All right. So that's, that's, that's my AWE news. Um, one other thing, you know, we talked on the last show about the WWE's uh, earnings report that was coming up and whether you'd be a buyer or a seller, whether we were. Well, we should have been buyers, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk about that, up, Larry. Up 20%, up 20% since they reported record income, doubled their earnings, and, you know, concerns about the artistic merits of their product aside, 
They're knocking it out of the park on the income. So, when, um, you know, they've opened up the markets, they've actually made the uh, the things that were sort of lame ducks, like WWE films, at least they've front-loaded it so it appears it has the potential to do well with the projects that they have in the works. So, I mean, kudos to them. They're, they're, they're basically recreating a wrestling business model that had been in place for 20 or 30 years and uh, apparently doing it successfully. Um, I mean, maybe the game isn't ratings anymore. It's fascinating to me uh, how well, this whole thing is working out. When you look at the breakout on the numbers, the network, while uh, subscribers basically is you know holding steady down a little bit, which was expected because you know it wasn't the WrestleMania quarter, still you know about 1.5 million, not you know give or take, but uh, a lot more profitable because of the way they're handling the content on the network. It's a, it was a, 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 like millions of dollars more profitable than it had been the previous mm-hmm. quarter. And the other main area where they did better money on income was on, from TV. So, I mean, that's going to be the big question mark going forward, of course, when their um, deal comes due in, in 2019. Are they able to leverage or in, to, do they have the leverage to get that kind of a rights fees again, or are they going to get hit on the rights fees? That'll, that's the big elephant in the room for them going forward. I can't imagine what's going to happen in late 2018. <laughs> I mean, are we talking full nude? Are we talking, I mean, this, this sounds like, this sounds like I'm talking crazy talk, but if you've looked at the television series that are on networks that have basically transformed themselves through quality television, very adult oriented television, I'm thinking of stuff like sons of anarchy. So you're looking at FX, AMC, all these channels that at one point were basically jokes that have reinvented themselves into being sort of the ones with the coolest content, the edgiest content. And, um, you gotta wonder how long the WWE is going to be able to hold serve um, especially when it comes to crunch time of showing that they can pull numbers. Cause at the end of the day, no matter how much the economies have changed or how television works at the end of the day, it's how many eyeballs are looking. So advertisers will spend money, which they're already reluctant to do on pro wrestling in the first place. And um, yeah, we'll see well, how that it- goes. In the report, they state that they uh, report on the earnings. They state they uh, quote management currently expects to announce its plans for future distribution in the U.S. sometime between May 2018 and September 2018. Mm. So we shall see if they actually have it set to go that far in advance because it doesn't expire until September 2019. Cool. Well. Um, can you tell us, uh, can you give us a little background? I'm, I'm, you know, people know who Scott Hensley is, um, for the most part, but AC Mac, I, cause I've never seen AC Mac. So Larry, can you kind of set up what, what impresses you about that young man and, uh, what, what kind of things we're going to talk about when we have him on? Well, what I know about AC Max came out of WWA four. Uh, I first saw him and Austin Theory both at that infamous, what was it called, Atlanta Underground show that 10 people went to out in that office park back yes. last. Yes. So they were. that was the thing about that show is that, is that these two guys were both very, very talented. Well, subsequently, um, uh, Max become a, a mainstay on the NCW Friday night roster um, and holds their uh, – junior heavyweight championship and then became the no limits. She started, started doing the peach state shows and is the no limits champion there. I think he also uh, goes up to Chattanooga. So basically I uh, wanted to find out what, what makes this guy tick. Cause he's an, he's an interesting character and uh, quite a talker. And um, this is pretty good timing. Cause I think uh, we have him on the line right now. If you want, if we want to go right to this interview. Oh, yeah, let's give him a little intro, Larry. Yes, we're joined now by the PWA No Limits champion, the NCW Junior Heavyweight champion, the straw that stirs the drink on Friday night in Cornelia, (laughs) Mr. (laughs) A.C. Mack. 
the star that stirs the drink. I might have to steal that one. I like that. <laughs> it's an old one. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome. Hey, AC. AC, I'm the, this is Stephen Platinum. So I have, a, I have a question right off the jump because um, yeah. you may not know that I used to I used to teach at and I used to run the WWA Four School um, many oh, moons no, ago. <laughs> <laughs> God help us all. So here, here's a question that I have, and, and I'll, I'll lay it out there. Uh, I think you know at one point people thought you know AR Fox, he's a great talent but what can he really teach the guys, blah, 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 right? But clearly with you, I mean, other guys that have come out of there who are, who are tearing it up right now, um, what's something that AR Fox has sort of shown you or that you've learned there that would surprise people? I mean, you know, the, when you think of AR Fox, you think of sort of like daredevil wrestling and like great physicality, mm-hmm. but yeah. You're, you're obviously bringing that and a whole lot more. What's something that Air Fox has really taught you that you think would surprise people? I think what would surprise people is that uh, he he's very into psychology. He's very into uh, pausing in the ring and taking that moment, and he uses WWE as, like, the be-all, end-all example. So when he's in the ring and he's teaching us, he says, hey, uh, check out Rusev from last week. Check out his match. He's really big on Rusev. He's, he's really big on Roman and how these people slow it down and they're not always in the air. They're not always, you know, hot flying and flipping around. And I think that would surprise people because from what I hear, that's what, that's what kind of Fox would get stuck with that state of that box. Yeah, absolutely. Well, who, you know, if, if wrestling can be divided into classes, like, you know, I think of group of guys that I trained together that like Vandal De La Vega and Jeter were sort of together in a quote unquote class. They all kind of started at the same time. They sort of progressed at a similar rate. Who would you say was in the, in a, in a class at WWA four with you who started around Ooh. the same time? Um, wow. That's funny. Uh, Austin theory. He started a, a month, yeah, a month before I did, um, and then me and David Ali started on the same day, uh, the same day that Daniel Bryan actually retired on live TV. I like to kind of joke about that. And then oh, wow. I would say the uh, the Misfits, uh, Alan Angels and and Tommy Maserati. The five of us kind of kind of started around the same time, and we're very, very close, and we, we normally carpool to a lot of the same shows, and we, we keep in contact. We watch the pay-per-views with each other, so that's that's like my little cohort. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, you know, that, I mean, I just wanted to ask, though, to get a good background, so. Yes, <laughs> No, I was just going to say that's interesting, because that's like the core group of NCW on Friday nights of the younger guys are, are, are you five guys? I mean, there's others, but you five guys largely are the, are the core, core group out there. Interesting. Yep, you all yep. up in, in that, in that spot. Um, you know, I, I was wondering, you, 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 you always introduce yourself as being from the SWATs of Atlanta. And I know kind of where the SWATs of Atlanta is, is but where are you actually from? <laughs> I am literally from the SWAT of Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so it is a it's a nickname that was coined. <laughs> so that name was coined from uh, the legendary uh, hip hop duo Outkast, and it, it's a shortened version of the Southwest neighborhood region of the city of Atlanta. And so I just I don't know I've born and raised in that area, and I'm, I always said that if I ever ever started wrestling, I wanted the announcer to say born and raised because I'm very proud of it. And now I just kind of say it myself. There's, <laughs> in my mind, there is no announcer. AC, <laughs> <laughs> can you believe that when I moved to Atlanta to open up the wrestling school, I mm-hmm. lived in College Park. I lived in, like, the worst part of College Park yes. for years. <laughs> and then I, I moved out of there, lived in a variety of places, and then when my wife and I bought a house, we bought it in East Point. And we were, like, yeah. the only closest thing to a white <laughs> folks 
in our neighborhood. In fact, when we when I, when we were selling the house, I went back to uh, make sure the house was okay and to, you know help facilitate the sale and all of that stuff. Right. And when the neighbors saw me again, they flipped out. They couldn't. They were like, "We miss you!" Like. Um, <laughs> So who'd have known? Yeah. Who'd have known? We we're probably a stone. We probably saw each other, you know, watching some sucker play three card Monty in front of the car wash in a college park somewhere. Right. So, and my mom actually has a house at East Point now. So. Um, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, in between, like near that Greenbrier area. So I, I know exactly. What oh. Oh, the Greenbrier Mall. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Larry, did you have another question for him? I was just going to say, Steve, I didn't even think about that, because where your house was, that qualifies as Swats of Atlanta. I mean, definitely. Yes, it does. Where your house was at this point. Well, yeah, when I used to come home, um, when the school, the school was actually in College Park initially, and um, when I would come home, and you know the way I dress, I would dress in like some kind of like Aloha shirt and Barack Everybody would be like smoking weed in front of their apartment and they'd see me coming. And if they didn't know me, they would run inside because they thought I was like an undercover cop or something. Before the ice cream truck showed up selling Lucy's, <laughs> which always made me laugh that this ice cream truck would sell individual cigarettes. That's when I knew <laughs> I'm not, I'm not in Hawaii anymore. No, you are in the hood, my friend. (laughs) So since uh, Steve hasn't seen you live before, he hasn't had the pleasure, uh, AC, as I have, he doesn't know about your prodigious uh, talking skills. Um, So (laughs) I I, I, I know some because we talked about this where they came, a little bit about your background, but could you fill us in on that? Because I don't see too many guys with your level of experience that are that great of a talker as as you are. Tell us about that. (laughs) Well, well, first of all, thank you. Um, I'm going to try to run through this is really quick. I don't want to, you know, stretch it out too, too much. But uh, when I was in high school, uh, I did drama. I loved that. Uh, when I got to college, I was a radio personality at uh, Georgia State. Uh, I was DJ Mac and Cheese. Uh, <laughs> and when I got to the WWA4, um, before I was ready to debut on our Thursday shows, I was helping out elsewhere, so I was a ref, I was a commentator, I was a backstage interviewer, I was an announcer, so when it came time to debut for the show and come up with a gimmick, and I just thought it was only fitting to kind of use what I'm used to, my voice, you know, speaking, and originally the plan was to be so obnoxious to kind of commentate my own match out loud during (laughs) but then that became quite a task and it was very very hard to continuously yell that loud consistently throughout the match so I kind of fine-tuned it and kind of found where it should go so that's kind of where that comes from Uh, took a lot of inspiration from people like Mr. Kennedy uh uh, heel rock in like 03 right before he left for Hollywood officially and uh, my favorite rapper of all time Kanye West and and my drunk uncle down in Bainbridge, Georgia <laughs> all, of <these> people, <laughs> all of these people wrapped up in one make AC Max so that's where all that came from <laughs> I, I you know Oh no! Please, Larry, go ahead. No, no. Well, I was going to say, you know, a lot of people um, in the indies, and this this is something that I despise, is they put up their list of like, who do you want to, who do you want to see me wrestle, and um, or or they have a list of like, I I would really like to work, blah blah blah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pose a much more daring question to you. Uh oh. Um, (laughs) When you watch WWE now, who's somebody? Do you not only want, but do you think that you could take? And this isn't to say that you're saying they suck or anything like that, but who's right. someone who you feel like does something that's within your skill set that you you think would play to your strengths really well? Um, I'm going to pick two people. Oh, can I pick two people? I'm sorry. Let me just ask you first before I just start picking. Can I pick two Hell people? Hell yeah, it's your world. Yes, <laughs> you can. Yes. Um, um, I'm going to pick Kevin Owens. I think that's more of a an obvious pick 
um, because of his attitude and, and how he uses his gimmick. And another person I'm going to say is uh, Bray Wyatt. Um, he hmm. has a lot of people, a lot of people compare him to the undertaker, but he, to me, he's like an undertaker with like an urban flair to him. I don't know if you kind of watch his mannerisms, but yeah. it looks like he's like delivering like poetry or spitting a rap verse. And I don't, I don't think, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty confident about this. I don't think we've seen an urban creepy kind of character in the WWE or in professional wrestling. And I, no. I think I would I think I would have a lot of fun just kind of um going through that and just kind of seeing exploring that and seeing what I can bring to the table on his end. And he's did it and he's one of my favorites in the WWE and I kinda of wanna take on that challenge. So I think that'd be really cool. That that those cool. those would be my two picks, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I'm curious, AC, like, why wrestling at all for you? I mean, what what drew you there? So, in other words, uh, what? why do you have such <laughs> low self-esteem? Like, why did you give up on life? <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and you know what's later. funny? You know what's funny? Ironically, it's the exact opposite. Um I, I don't think I have low self-esteem. I, I kind of like fell in love with the, with <laughs> no. <laughs> I fell in love with the uh, the pageantry of it all and the storyline and 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 the emotion. How I can be moved by two individuals in a ring who haven't even thrown the first punch yet, but I'm so amped up. I'm in my room pacing and I'm just I'm just so excited for what the story can can bring to the table. So. Uh, a lot of people kind of get annoyed when they're calling matches with me or if they're asking me to have a match because I'm like, the first thing I'm asking about is the story. It's, it's, it's hard for me, for me to be motivated if there's no story or if there's no moment to the dance when, when reality and kayfabe, those lines are kind of blurred and you're like, wait a minute, is that real? Oh, who cares? Let's just enjoy it. <laughs> when you... um started going to NCW. Uh mm-hmm. did you did you have any expectation that you'd wind up like basically, you know, pretty much on top of the card almost every week for the whole, you know, time you've been there, the as you like to say, point out the inaugural junior heavyweight champion and so <laughs> forth. I am so glad you asked that because I thought the exact opposite. Um, when I came in, me and Rick were at odds. Uh, I was, didn't really know too much about the, the indie scene and how much money to ask for and, and all this and that. <laughs> so I came out the gate saying, hey, you know, I, I did Mucha Lucha. I got $70 there, so that must be my rate now. All right, if you want me, I demand 70 bucks. And he was livid. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. He was so upset. And he came at me. A few others came at me. And I didn't understand why they were so mad. I was like, well, dang, this other place paid me 70 What's the problem? Like, I don't get it. And so I did my research. I Googled the Landmark Arena. I Googled NWA Wildside, and I was like, whoa, I have made a mistake. <laughs> right. I mean, I, actually, I, I mean, it wasn't that big of a mistake. You just needed to take the seven away and come to an agreement. And look, once I saw the huge, huge names that have come through that building, I yeah. humbly went to Rick and apologized. I told him, I said, listen, I understand why you're upset. I understand even if you don't want to use me anymore. But I just want you to know that I apologize and, you know, so on and so forth. And so he said, okay, cool, I'll give you a chance. So I didn't think any of this was going to happen. I thought I was going to job to everybody on the right. roster. <laughs> Absolutely. I was, I was okay with that because of the history and because of that, that lesson that I learned. So... <laughs> I, I'm not getting seventy dollars. <laughs> but well, I, I remember during the like the Hughes era, 
of, of mm-hmm. WWA four, that was always the rap was Hughes was like, you got to wrestle for 75. Like don't take less than 75. <laughs> and, and of course all of us running shows just went, who is dumb enough? And then Charles appeared. <laughs> Ooh, oh, I'm getting them in tonight. Get them in. This awesome. <laughs> Larry, do you have a, <laughs> so AC, um, you know, a lot of guys have aspirations and, and, you know, different kind of goals. I'm sure you have goals of your own. Do those goals entail, you know, there's, there's this kind of movement where a lot of guys are like, oh, I got to wrestle in as many shows as I can in as many states as I can. It seems to be a big thing of I got to wrestle in different shows to get my name out there so I can, quote, unquote, learn more, whatever that means. And what are your sort of ambitions and aspirations as we kind of close out this year and we're going into – can you believe we're already going into 2018? It's oh, freaking crazy. Don't remind me, please. <laughs> so, do, so do you have um, – are you kind of focused in on the present or are you kind of looking ahead at different goals that you want in the future? Um, kind of both, but right now I'm kind of focusing more on the present. Um, the dreams in the yeah. near future – aren't, you know, I'm still looking at them. They're still there, trust me. But um, right now, I'm focusing on the present. Um, I'm I'm kind of making my way around the region. And eventually, I kind of want to kind of step out. Um, a few of my peers, namely, uh, obviously, Theory and, and Alan Angels, they've gone up north, they've gone out west a little bit. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to do the same thing. Uh, I do have a shoot job. Uh, a nine to five that is very demanding, but it pays the bills. So, believe it or not, one of those goals is to find the balance between the two, and and, yeah. and be able to kind of go out on a limb and go to these to these shows because I, I not to sound cocky, but I, I feel like I have something to bring to the table in these different regions. I feel like I have something to show that they have, they're not, you know, they don't necessarily see on a consistent basis. So the immediate goal. Cool. 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 Larry, what did you, you think when you, uh, yeah. What did you think when you ventured out to um, West Georgia and started working that crowd there in Carrollton, did that strike you <laughs> any different than what you were used to at, uh, oh, you know, or WWA four um, or Cornelia, et cetera? A little bit at first, a little bit at first. I think it was them warming up to me. I, I think they were kind of like, "Who, who is this, and what is this? What, what, what's happening here? You won't <laughs> shut up. I don't, I don't quite get it." <laughs> so I remember the first two times I went, I was, I was worried that I wouldn't be called back because I wasn't really getting that much of a reaction. And then there was one show where they did, uh, <laughs> they opened with the national anthem. And they had uh, a child sing it. And, you know, with the child singing it, they might stumble over some words or, or you know, mess it up a little bit. And so I think I was the first match, and I was the first entrance. So right when she finished, my music hit. And so in my intro, halfway before I even started introducing myself, I just started going in on this child in her quote-unquote world. <laughs> rendition of the national anthem i think that <laughs> finally like <laughs> i think that showed people they were like oh wow this guy's an ass okay okay now okay now we're rocking with it <laughs> we get you now <laughs> so yeah and, i think that was that was a that that was a little bit of a challenge but i'm having a lot of fun now they have me in a program with uh with uh jimmy rave and whew, the amount of knowledge that i am learning from him jeez <laughs> well, it's great. I mean, I I think you know it's clear you're 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 given a good foundation of training, and you're wrestling in the shows that are you're going to not only learn a lot, but I think get to get to fail a little bit and get to make mm-hmm. mistakes. And like you said, you didn't get yeah. over right away. And I I always think that. Uh, you know, one thing about WWA 4, the knock earlier, and I don't think that's the case anymore, was that it was too insular. It's, it's 20 people wrestling each other. You know, they're doing the match on Thursday that they've done in practice against each other. Like, what's the point? But <laughs> now now it's like 
now it makes sense. I think AR Fox has kind of the vision of I'm going to make these shows a big deal. And once in a while, we're going to try something different on the weekend and, you know, mm-hmm. encouraging the guys to get out there and travel together and work against oh, each other, team up together. Oh and my all gosh, that. yes. You know? Yes. That's and the life. We at, I mean, that's the wrestling life, you know? Yes. We were at Rocket City one time, and, oh, I forgot his name. I feel so bad. But he was a wrestler out there. And he said, yeah, all of a sudden, I just looked around, and then the, the WWA4 guys were, like, all over the region every weekend. And that made me so happy because, yes, that's that's what Fox wants. It's kind of yeah. like a, a throw you in the fire kind of like. That's the best way you're going to learn, just getting out there. Like you said, making mistakes, failing, learning from it. And it's just so cool that we have about four or five cars and three to four different states every weekend. Yeah. All from this one school here. So I, I do think that is really, really cool. AC, as you get around to different places, um, who impresses you? Who do you like watching? Ooh, who do I like watching? Um, Snoop Strikes, I like watching him down in Florida. I'm still waiting on that match with him. That hasn't happened yet, but uh, he's <laughs> pretty cool. Um one guy that I have real a lot of respect for, actually here, is uh, Corey Hollis. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh man, I have I've got to see him work, and he he's a beauty in the ring. He really is. Um, Kyle Matthews, I was able to have a match with him, and he was smooth. It was so easy working with him. He's such a nice guy. Um, who else? Oh man, you put me on the spot. Ah. There are more guys. There are more guys. Uh, I can't think of any right now, but there are definitely more that I kind of have well, my I, eye on. It kind of yeah, and I think you're on the track. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think you're on the track to 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 roll with all these guys. I mean, it'll be interesting to see when when you're in a program with Logan Creed or Odinson <laughs> or just like I think sky's the limit. And and again, the the better job that you do, which you're doing a great job, other people Thank are going to want you too. And then uh. I don't know. That's it's it's just so fun. It's just a fun time right now because there was a gap there. I think like I was the last guy who trained the guys that provided the you know the foundation of so many shows. I mean, PCW guys were everywhere, and then there was mm-hmm. like no real schools. Like WWE four was kind of putting out people, but not really. But now, clearly, I think WWE four guys are everywhere. You know, Rob, there's a couple Robert Gibson guys out there, but it's really WWE yes, they are. guys that are, yes, that are kind are. of like, yeah. they're, they're really laying the foundation at a lot of the uh, promotions right now. Um, yes. And it's great to see. It's Because it, you need new blood. You need guys that know what they're doing. You need hungry mm-hmm. guys. And you need a trainer that's got a vision. Clearly all that's happening right now. Yeah, it's great. It's really great. And the trainer is still hungry himself. He's still he, – he's traveling on the weekends as well, so. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, Mr. Mack, this has been a treat. Thank you um, so much for giving some of your time. And uh, where can we see you out and about in the near future? Ooh, okay. Um, obviously, SCW, I'm there every every Friday. Um, this Friday, we're doing something else, though. We're doing the Karen Hands. Uh, benefit show, so that's where I'll be. Yeah. Um, next week? No, is it next week? No, it's the week after next. I've got Jimmy Ray one on one for the uh, No Limits Championship, and uh, still doing TWE. Uh, we've got some big things coming with that. Um, there's a new promotion starting up in Chattanooga called Chattanooga Pro. Uh, I'm gonna be starting mm. with them as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about that. <laughs> And well, then, uh, yeah, that's since, you, since you mentioned it, who's behind Chattanooga Pro? Um, Chris Crunk. Oh, Chris okay, Crunk cool. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's going to be uh, – he just uh, opened up this uh, this training facility up in Chattanooga, and um, he's getting some things in motion now. He's starting to book and plan, and uh, the first show will be in January. So we're we're excited about that. We're <laughs> We're ready. <laughs> well, that's nice. awesome, man. Um, I mean, to to think, you know, Larry mentioned, you know, Underground Atlanta, and like all of us have those shows. I think anybody who's been doing wrestling, you have the show where it's like, 
could have been something ended up being nothing, but really <laughs> those shows are invaluable because you learn so, you know, cause you always go in wide eyed and like, Oh, this is going to be a thing. And then when it's yeah. not, you realize that really it's up to you to make your own career, that it's not about sort of linking yourself to an indie promotion. It's about really getting something out of every experience, no matter what it is. And clearly you yeah. you've sort of jumped you're you're miles away from there in more ways than one. So it's a pleasure to talk to you, man, and best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you guys as well. Take care. Right, you too. Man, you you know, Larry, I gotta admit, when you're right, you're right, Larry. And you said you know, I think he's going to be a good interview, and uh, and he was. I just it's it fills me with such hope. You know, we we talk often. I think you know, there's a lot of negative things to say about wrestling, but one thing's for sure in the state of Georgia, there's just there's constant new talent. And I mean, at one point, it seemed like there were no women wrestlers except for Pandora, and now you know you have people with like very viable chances to go on to the next level. And, uh, and so it goes with the guys too. There's guys that definitely have the look. I mean, Larry, in, in recent memory, can you remember a time where there were so many people who seemed like they had a shot at like NXT or ring of honor or, you know, impact, if we want to put them in that category, I mean, between Gunnar Miller, you know, Priscilla this is as good Kelly. a time as any. And, you know, we didn't have – the other thing is, for a while, we didn't really have – as you mentioned, there wasn't much in the way of wrestling schools. And now we've got an explosion of yeah. wrestling schools and training opportunities in, in, right around the Atlanta area. So it's that's changed the, the landscape quite a bit, too. Um, we do have – Mr. Scenic City, or one of the meaners, Mr. Scenic Cities, <laughs> on the line here with us now. Uh, friend of the show, always a pleasure. Scott Hensley, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Sure, sure. Scott, right off the jump, you know, like, you, you, you love baseball. People know this about you, you love baseball. And when I was a kid, uh, I lived near Houston. We always said we were from Houston, but we wish. We were in this, like, pissant little town near Houston. But I, I played baseball, peewee league baseball. Everybody did. It was Texas. And I was good enough that um, they did this, like, sort of publicity stunt for our team where we got to, like, the top hitters in our little peewee league got to hit against J.R. Richards when he was, like, no. the pitcher. So yeah. and and I and I actually put bat to ball. I'm not. I didn't put the ball in play. I you know or anything like. That, but I touched it, and that was like the big deal. And then so they and then they're like, "Well, kid, you hit." You know, like, so I'm on camera, and they're like, "Wow, you actually touched the ball." It's like, "What do you want?" And you know, J.R. Richards is like, "You can have anything you want." And and then I was like, "Oh, I'd like your jersey." And then I was like, and "Nolan Ryan, can I meet Nolan Ryan?" So that's one of those moments that I always remember. So when the Astros made the World Series, that was all, already a big deal. But I didn't, I didn't say anything about it publicly because, one, I didn't want to look like, like a bandwagon fan. But more than that, I was just afraid to jinx it. Like, I just didn't want to jinx it. But I got to say, when I'm not really a baseball guy, but when the Astros won, and I watched all of the games in the play, like, religiously – and when they won, I I just remember going like, my God, like this is why people love baseball. Not you know just when their team wins, but there's something about that feeling um, of man, this is something that was part of my childhood. This is something that I've always thought about, and I never thought anything would come of it, and then it did. Um, so I didn't want. I just thought of you because I was just like you know Scott Hensley's the guy that I know that's all about baseball and you have the baseball cards and stuff, but it's like, man, it was nice. Like in a weird way, we sort of connected there where I was like, yeah, I totally get why he loves baseball. Cause it's like for that moment, I was, you know, I was forever six years old again uh, when the Astros won. I thought it was really cool. So. Yeah. 
the the last two years for a World Series drama, I mean, it's been yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, this year you had the story just with Houston and, uh, you know, all the, the damage that's been done down there. And then to have this uh, team step up and to win this championship. And a lot of those guys are like homegrown guys. And it, it was just, just a good story. Absolutely. So tell us about your good story coming up. Which that's a segue, Larry. To see that. <laughs> yes, um, I got you. Your your good story coming up, King of Trios. <laughs> I mean, obviously we want all the nuts and bolts, but um, what's what's the vibe going into this for you? Uh, with Scenic City Trios this Saturday night, Hickson High School. Uh, we are super excited. Uh, this one is really uh, my baby and Dylan Hills's baby. Um, which that that would make a really ugly baby between us, but uh, but this one we're we're, we're hoping we're a hoping well funded this, baby a decently funded baby. I'm gonna try to we're, we're that hope, out. So we're we're hoping that this one is is actually a a really fun and really pretty baby. Um, we have a lot of different uh, a lot of different teams coming in uh, from a lot of different areas. Um, we really we, we have sort of two fan bases to reach with the same event. Uh, we have a fan base of the locals um, who, you know, to them it's just another event. And then we have our uh, our traveling, like, Scenic City Universe fans uh, that, you know, f- follow all of these guys on the independents and are so good about coming in and supporting us. So we, we try to to put something on the table that, that both groups are really going to find attractive. And uh, I really feel strongly uh, that we've done that for this. Well, fill us in a little bit on who you got. Yeah, sure. Um, first up, we have uh, the Gymnasty Boys, the Rat Pack version. Uh, Gymnasty Boys, Timmy Lou Retton and White Mike. Um, and then their buddy uh, Malachi Matthews. Um, they are out of the Carolinas, and uh, they are very, very, very entertaining. Um, very uh, skilled as well. Uh, Timmy Lou Retton actually did uh, some NXT matches recently. Um, he is um, just very, very gifted uh, with the, uh, I would say, just athletics. I mean, he is so deceptively agile. Um, you've got White Mike, who is just, um, you know, he's always getting attention, good or bad, <laughs> for uh, the independents. Uh, and then uh, uh, Malachi Matthews, I mean, he, he's a guy in, uh, in the Carolinas that uh, uh, he, he does really well out there, and we are really excited to bring them in. Um, first off, they're going against uh, the lynch mob uh, with, uh, or the nightmare mob, um, Kyle Matthews and uh, Joey and Matt Lynch, um, you know, that that's our local boys. It's unofficially sort of Team Scenic City, or, or um, Dylan has called them unofficially also like Team Anarchy, um, but they're guys that, you know, they've been around each other for years and years and years, but uh, this will be the first time that they've ever teamed up. Uh, so we're really looking forward to see what they have. Um, the... Case of Ducklings. I'm pretty excited about this one. Um, Ethan Case, who is just really gifted in the ring as well as um, entertaining as well. Uh, I, I think he just has one of those uh, personas in the ring that you're, you're not going to forget Ethan Case. And then he's in there with uh, the Ugly Ducklings, which uh, I think they, they – I would consider them one of the most buzzworthy teams uh, in the entire Southeast right now and beyond as they travel um, but, you know, they, they've gone through sort of their transition um, in going down to two members. Uh, so we, we've added Ethan Case to that um, team to make them a trio. Um, that was one of the teams that I, I just saw, and I was like, the people of Hicks in Tennessee will never forget the Ducklings. Um, and then we're going to put them in there with uh, the Southern Motors, um, which it's sort of a makeshift team from uh, Georgia Premier Wrestling. Um, three of just the best guys you could ever meet. Um, you know, what, what you see is what you get. They're good old Southern boys. Um, Cletus, Shaggy, Torque, um, with 
the uh, the good old boys, Cletus and Shaggy, uh, they get some of the loudest reactions that you'll hear anywhere. Um, when when cotton-eyed Joe hits in the south, uh, then you know the feet will be uh, tapping and the hands will be clapping. And uh, the place where we are having this event is actually a dome. Uh, so it's going to be extremely loud. I really feel like it's going to be the loudest venue we've ever been in. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to some cotton-eyed Joe, and I'm looking forward <laughs> to seeing what uh, Southern Motors can do uh, against the Ducklings. Uh, I think uh, it'll be uh, a lot of entertainment, and uh, but there's also there's, there's some real athleticism there as well. Um, Shaggy actually impressed Delirious um, when Delirious came down and did the uh, the camp that he did with uh, QT. Um, mm-hmm. One of the people that really impressed him was Shaggy. Uh, Shaggy has this like hillbilly lucha style. Um, you know, he he looks like a beanpole, and you just automatically want to discredit him when you see him. But uh, then you see him in the ring, and he just has a, a uniqueness to the way that he works. Um, third match that we have for the tournament: Glory Pro, um, the team of Kurt Stallion, uh, Myron Reed, and Gary J. Um, two Scenic City Invitational veterans, and then Myron Reed, which was a guy that just really caught our attention. Um, he has training from uh, the Christ brothers uh, as well as Rip Rogers. Uh, so anybody with that kind of a combination of, uh, of I guess, just uh, creativity in wrestling as well as, uh, you know, your, your old school basics, um, Myron Reed's really been getting out there. Uh, he's been a champion up at Glory Pro. Uh, he recently did a tour of Mexico. Um, we're really excited to bring in Glory Pro again um, and have them represented. Uh, that's Michael Elgin's promotion from uh, the St. Louis area there. Um, but they are going up against Southern Underground Pro, uh, which is the uh, group started up in uh, Nashville over the last year um, where – Surprisingly enough, Kurt Stallion is the Southern Underground Pro Champion. Um, so it's an opportunity for uh, A.J. Gray, Kevin Koo, and Jaden Newman uh, to possibly get a pinfall on uh, the Southern Underground Pro Champion there. Um, yeah. And those those three guys I just named, I mean, they're all super hungry guys, um, as are the Glory Pro guys. But with A.J. Gray, I mean, just a wrecking ball of a guy. Um, just pure athleticism. Um, you've got Kevin Koo, who he, he's really exciting in the ring. Uh, he's got training from, uh, uh, I believe it's Massachusetts, but uh, he mm-hmm. brings sort of a, a northern style to the south. Um, and then you've got Jaden Newman in there who, you know, Jaden is, he's 20, 21 years old, something like that. And he already has like five or six years of experience and um, if, if you've ever been to TWE, which I'm not sure either one of you have, um, he works hard, hard, hard. Um, he's not afraid to get in there and just absolutely take a beating. Um, but then uh, he has some exciting offense and uh, some exciting experience as well to bring to that match. Um, we're also just really excited to be able to partner with him and give him an opportunity um, as a local guy to the Chattanooga area. Um, finally for the tournament, the match that everybody is just absolutely crazy for, and when we put together the tournament, we were like, this match has to happen, nothing else matters. <laughs> but, uh, we, uh, we put together the, uh, the Viking War Party uh, and the Carnies. Um, we're, we're not sure if... Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. We're, we're we're not sure if either one of these teams like I mean these teams could just destroy something and we could be like mm, yeah you're out of the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we we've sort of compared it to the uh, the Darby Allen Joey Janela match uh, from oh, God. the uh, <laughs> Invitational tournament. Just the fact that you know we want to give the fans what they want, but at the same time like we have to protect the fans. <laughs> So I'm not sure what kind of rules will be enforced. We uh, sort of have a, a gentleman's agreement, referee discretion type rule set. Um, so there is no telling what the Vikings and the Carnies will end up doing to each other. 
and uh, or if either team will even make it to the second round or uh, you know especially beyond that. Um, right. I, I know the uh, the Carneys got very passionate uh, at the Invitational and. Uh, some management at the Invitational got very passionate um, about them not throwing chairs at the floor. So. <laughs> um, and then also, you know, just, just to, uh, to to wrap it up and to put that, uh, just to put something different into it to be an attraction, uh, we, we have uh, Gunnar Miller uh, with Jeff G. Bailey versus uh, Cyrus the Destroyer with Logan Chase. Um, I've described it to people as uh, it's like two big bears wrestling, and each of them has an evil magician in their corner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we are uh, we're really excited to have uh, two big hoss heavyweights because um, a lot of people, especially like casual fans, they'll look at people, especially with smaller people. I mean, almost every team in our tournament has at least one smaller person that if you saw them on the street, you would say, really, you're a wrestler? But, you know, that's just the, the common person's perception of what a wrestler is. So we added this big heavyweight hoss battle of Gunnar Miller and Cyrus, and um, they're, they're going to destroy each other, as they've done uh, for Anarchy and Georgia Premier Wrestling um, a couple times now. Yeah. Yeah, I I just have a quick question. I mean, we don't have much time, but here's my question. So, what what makes you passionate about doing? Uh, a, they, they would call it wrestling a six man tournament, but basically it's these three person teams. What what inspired you to want to do that? I think it's different. It's an attraction. Um, it allows us to get a lot more people involved. Uh, we're always looking to work with different people and give people opportunities. Um, to create new partnerships, to open doors. Um, you know, we want we want to be an opportunity, but at the same time, we want to open doors for our local guys, um, networking opportunities for them uh, to be able to travel out and to, to go and uh, do things outside of the Chattanooga area. And with the tournament format, uh, it presents professional wrestling as a sporting event that it it wraps up in one night um, for the majority of the crowd. Uh, but then if you want to go deeper, I mean, there will be some carryover um, in the ad- additional events after the trios tournament. Um, so it's uh, it sort of once again meets both of the needs of the uh, the groups that we try to serve. Nice. Um, Larry, do you have a question for Scott? I think we've pretty well – well, my my question was, but I don't know if we want to open up anything new with uh, time running out. I was just thinking about time here because we wanted to talk a little bit about the uh, award nominees. And maybe, Scott, could you give us any quick thoughts you have on yeah. award nominees for this year before we call it a night here on the show? It's the year of Gunner Miller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I think he qualifies for like, I mean, two or three of the categories. I mean, he could be most improved, but he could be wrestler of the year. Um, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I am a Gunner Miller fan. I'm certainly biased, but at the same time, he has taken over Georgia and this area. Um, I thought about Jacob Ashworth as far as uh, most improved. I think he really stepped up at Anarchy into a, uh, a main event um, place out there. Um, rookies of the year, um, I mean, man, There's Georgia There's a bunch to been, choose from for once. Oh, I mean, man. like, that, it's amazing, you know. Usually it's, like, one person and then, like, having to scratch your head to think of to fill in the category. <laughs> but this year there's a bunch, you're right. Yeah, I mean, I thought of, obviously, Austin Theory, um Andrew Duckworth with Georgia Premier is fantastic. And uh, mm-hmm. A.J. Gray that has been out at Anarchy, I mean, he's in our tournament, but uh, he's not that experienced, and he, he's killing it. Yeah, yeah. I, I second on all those all those guys you mentioned. What, what about you guys? Any, uh, any quick thoughts on that? Um, you know, show of the year is interesting because last year, obviously, Phoenix City won. 
and it caused some controversy amongst some dumb people. But like <laughs> I, <laughs> I feel like this year, um, you know, it's it's sort of like Anarchy got their swagger back, and it's like Fright Night was so good, and then you know the but but then like the Wild Side reunion show was wildly successful. So, you know, a completely different thing than Fright Night. Like, I find that mm. really interesting, too, is what defines the show of the year. It's the sort of, it's it's the one category that's really um, kind of hard to capture exactly what in, is entailed in the show of the year. Is it, like, match quality stuff, or is it that the event itself was bigger than life? So, you know, that'll be interesting to see which way people nominate and then vote. Um, And then, you know, here's here's a category that usually is like just like a one person race or two person race that this year I think is sort of a weird thing. Uh, Referee of the year. Yeah. Like it'll be like whoever wins, it'll likely be a new name, though. I mean, Tristan certainly will be up there, but, you know, like. Kevin Pierce does refereeing, and I mean I'm biased, but like Daryl Hall, aka Grandpa, like like that guy is like every show. <laughs> I was just like, oh, there's Grandpa, like wow. Um, so that's yeah, I just a, that's I just those... booked him. I just booked him for uh, for trios actually. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> why wouldn't you? You know, why wouldn't you? Um, and then. Uh, and then the other one is, I, I mean, we had talked about, you know, maybe changing some of the categories up, but like, like who's woman of the year? Like Priscilla. Another... <laughs> yeah. Priscilla. I think, I think, but, but, but there's a number of good nominees in that category too. Right. Right. And do I really want America bitching about it when she doesn't win online? <laughs> Tough question. Tough question. <laughs> so, Scott, um, you know, can you give us the details one more time, please, on Phoenix City Trios? Because people need to people need to turn out for that. So, sure, yeah, and they can uh, they can check out the Facebook page. It's facebook.com/slash Phoenix City Invitational. Uh, but it is Saturday night at Hickson High School. Uh, it's probably about 20 minutes outside of uh, downtown Chattanooga. Uh, which also does have a, uh, a city cafe in downtown Chattanooga. Everybody loves their city cafe. Uh, but yeah. it is the uh, there's eight trios teams um, competing in a one night tournament. Um, the proceeds go to uh, Hickson High School football program. Uh, my wife actually teaches at Hickson High School, so uh, this is in our backyard. We're very passionate about it. Um, the football coach is very passionate about it. We found out he actually uh, trained with Bunkhouse Buck. Um, so oh my that's gosh! Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's fantastic, Scott. And you know, um, Larry, I, I think we should definitely get into the category specifically next week. Um, yeah, and we. It, it, I think that's a good opportunity. We'll have. Uh, Todd Sexton with us. I'm sure he'll have some thoughts on those things as well next week. Yes. Um, um, but, Scott, yes. look forward to seeing you uh, Saturday night in uh, Chattanooga. I, I love any opportunity, any excuse to come to Chattanooga, and this is a really good uh, opportunity. So I'm sure I will be uh, making my way up to Chattanooga for this show. Thanks oh, again. Heck, yeah, sound, sounds good. And uh, the guys will probably do more than just punch. <laughs> <laughs> But not as well as Lawler did. <laughs> oh God! I didn't. I didn't say the crowd would care more. It's <laughs> a good punch, though. Anyway, we'll be back uh, next week, and we're going to talk about the awards. Who are the guests next week, Larry? Definitely Todd Sexton uh, to talk about uh, rest, the return of wrestling on Thanksgiving night. Uh, Southern Fried's having their Thanksgiving night show, and he, then and it's going to be a war games. So he's going to be here to talk about that. And also we've got a uh, a clip up on the uh, 
uh, GWH News website, gwhnews.blogspot.com, of the empty arena match, what turned out to be an empty arena match between Sexton and Drew Blood. That's pretty entertaining. But uh, Todd will be here, and maybe a second guest. Who uh, I'll leave that as a mystery, but we've got a couple of good, interesting possibilities as a second guest as well. All the mystery opponents. UIW booking from back in the day. Yes. <laughs> to be named. Two, at least two silhouettes on every poster, guaranteed. <laughs> so, anyway, thank you, Scott Hensley, for Scott Hensley and Larry Goodman. I'm Stephen Platinum. Uh, we are a trios of our own. See what we did there? So clever. All about marketing. We will see you next week on The Tipping Point. We thank you for listening to this broadcast, a production brought to you by the GWH Radio Network. Stay tuned to GeorgiaWrestlingHistory.com for the latest information on upcoming events and more. As always, we thank you for your continued support.